0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of NAEMT Radio. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence, and today we're going to talk about uh, PACs, Political Action Committees. And to help me do that are, first of all, our President-elect, Chris Gray, who is also the Chair of the NAEMT Advocacy Committee, uh, and also uh, Steve Kroll, who is the Chair of the uh, NAEMT EMS PAC. Gentlemen, welcome.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's uh, great to be back on with you on the uh, podcast and looking forward to a, to a great discussion.
0: Yeah, you, you were one of our earliest guests, uh, Chris, uh, quite appropriately. So uh, welcome. Well,
1: it's, uh, I'm just honored that you're willing to have me
2: back.
0: You, you did very well last time. And so, uh, so here you are again. Uh, Steve, how are you? I'm great. I'm a first timer and it's a pleasure to join you. We know all about our president-elect, and uh, of course, by the way, the the bios for everybody listening are in the show notes, but uh, give us your backstory, Steve.
2: Uh, Well, good evening. Uh, I am a member of the NAEMT Board of Directors representing Region 1, and I'm a member of the NAEMT Advocacy Committee. I am an EMT with Delmar Bethlehem EMS in upstate New York, where I am the executive director of a mid-sized hybrid agency that utilizes both career staff and volunteers. And I've been involved in EMT since about 2018, and I've always loved working on advocacy. So uh, I've had the opportunity to serve with Chris on the advocacy committee, and now the opportunity to be a leader of the political action committee.
0: Excellent. And before we get into the, the main discussion, I just want to point out to everybody that uh, the NAMT Awards for Excellence have been published, and uh, those winners are going to be given their uh, awards and accolades and well deserved applause at the NAMT Annual General Meeting, which takes place at EMS World Expo in New Orleans next week. If you're listening to this this week. Um, but also, the, here's the segue. Stephen Kroll because one of those awards that go down is for the uh, NAMT's EMT of the Year and of course you uh, are a former EMT of the Year. Which year was that? Uh, 2018. So our uh, congratulations. And, uh, Thank you. So anyway, let's talk about uh, political action committees. Uh, what exactly is a PAC, Stephen, and why should we have one?
2: A PAC, or a political action committee, is a way for us to use the collective support of many to support the campaigns of people that are willing to fight for us uh, in Washington, D.C. So getting elected to Congress is expensive. And the way the election system works and as our nation is politicians have to raise the money they need to run to office. So the PAC allows us to give a check to a candidate and say, we're a group of EMS professionals, and we appreciate what you're doing to advance our profession, and we want to help you to get elected and reelected.
0: I'm, I'm just going to pick into something you said there because obviously a lot of people that never really had, you know, exposure to political action committees. You mentioned money and giving politicians money. Um, it, that sounds a little bit hanky. I mean, you know, wh- where does the
3: money go?
2: Advocacy on behalf of the EMS profession is really an important responsibility of NAMT. And the Political Action Committee is just one of the three parts of our advocacy program. Um, Our advocacy program's got three main components. First, we have a professional advocacy team. So, paid lobbyists in Washington, D.C., who work with policymakers on legislation and regulation impacting EMS on behalf of NAMT. Then second, we have our grassroots engagement of the, member, the NAEMT members, like visiting members of Congress at home or coming to Washington for EMS on the Hill Day each spring or sending letters to member of Congress in response to an NAEMT advocacy request. And often people send those letters using the NAEMT online legislative service. But the third piece is the political support. And so our political action committee Provide support for candidates for the U.S. Congress, both the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, who champion the issues of importance to NAEMT members. So, some people do ask why we get involved in politics, um, and it's really it's kind of a, um, a simple: um, we we want people elected to Congress who care about our issues and want to work on those issues. So, we want to help them get there. And there's an old saying in Washington D.C. Um, Either you're at the table or you're the meal. So we need to represent the interests of EMS in Congress because other people might have different opinions on how legislation and regulation should be made
0: that impacts us. Wonderful. So we just need to make sure that we've read the menu in order to order and not be uh, consumed. You mentioned uh, EMS on the Hill. Of course, uh, you've both been involved with that deeply. And uh, when we were on the Hill last time, Chris, uh, you and I uh, had a chat. But uh, again, for people that are are new to NAMT radio or indeed new to the association itself. Give us a quick sort of uh, roundup of uh, what does NAMT on the Hill consist of? And of course, if you can remember, when is it coming up next year?
1: EMS on the Hill, we actually, I haven't heard the day for next year yet. That's a great question. But I, uh, because we have to work with Congress to make sure they're in session and in Washington before we pick a day. That's one of the big keys. Uh, But it is an opportunity for people from uh, and I think we had 43 states represented plus the uh, District of Columbia and Puerto Rico this year, was last year. But it's an opportunity for EMS providers uh, of all walks of life. So every sort of delivery model uh, that are, that's out there to come to Washington and meet with their elected officials about issues that are facing EMS. And, you know, a lot of people ask all the time, why why would you go to Washington? Why can't you just send them a letter? I think it really speaks volumes when we Get in our uniforms and we march on the hill, and we are all in unison, and we talk about issues that are facing our profession. And when we have common issues, those are what the, those are what our lawmakers need to hear about. And uh, it just so happens. I mean, I've been fortunate to go to every every one of them so far, and we have had great success. But it does take a while. I mean, it's getting it's getting repetition. It's getting in front of those lawmakers every year. It's getting that done so that they understand how serious you are. And the issues are about uh, about our
0: profession. Actually, a great segue to go back to Stephen, how serious you are, because I think digging down into your bio, Steve, I I saw that you've been a staffer in in the uh, the Senate, I think, and so you must have received um, you know delegations, whether it's you know EMS or fire or indeed police or other public safety organisations, and obviously having. what in uniform in front of either you as the staff or indeed as your elected member has quite the impact.
2: Uh, there's no question. Uh, a visit from a constituent, whether it's in the district office at home or whether it's in Washington, D.C., is tremendously impactful because you meet the person and they can talk with the staff who or the policymaker and the staff uh, you know the staff of the representatives of the policymakers and either we'll be in the meeting with the, with the Congressperson or will'll take a meeting for the congressperson when the multiple meeting is going on at the same time but you can re- you can really find out what drives people so we're first responders we're community servants we're people with a mission uh, we're people that uh, take um, uh, uh, take the risk of going into places where other people don't want to go to make our communities better. Uh, there's a lot of respect when you meet those folks because they can tell you about the real life impact of the work that they do. And then they can tell you what they need your help with doing. And um, we don't necessarily um, expect a candidate to do exactly what we ask when we, we go and see them, but we want them to understand what the issues facing us are, so they can represent us in the debates that happen back and forth about issues. So there's no requirement per se as a member of Congress is going to do exactly what we ask them to do. But we look for candidates to support that share the vision and values of the NAMT community for improving our profession and delivering EMS to our community. So when both Chris and I were at the last EMT on the Hill Day, you know, we got to sit with um, different leaders in the Congress who were really impressed that people from all over the country came and, you know, Chris and I, you know, Chris is from the western part of the country. I'm from the eastern part of the country. And we could be in the same meeting with a leader, whether it be a leader of the Senate or whether it be a leader of the House of Representatives, and show a unified front of um, representing thousands of EMS providers that all have the same goals of improving public safety and health care for
0: our communities. So unified front is actually a, a point for me to let everybody know. Uh, last week, I was in Niagara for the American Ambulance Association, uh, State Association. Forum. Why do I mention that on NEMT radio? It's because the importance and the power of partnerships, and uh, one of our guests at that uh, association forum last week, of course, was our president Susan Bailey, who came in to actually, you know, be a part of the AAA's um, meeting because, of course, the national associations are. Very, very powerful, particularly when they're all stepping off in the one direction uh, at the same rate of rate of knots. And, and, and you know, dare I say, hunting as a pack. And I think that's vitally important these days, Chris. Uh,
1: well, it absolutely is. And I would tell you, our, I think our relationships with all the various associations are stronger than ever, uh, especially when it comes to politics. Uh, and, and I say that because as we look at supporting bills or support, even supporting, as we're talking about today with PACs, supporting certain legislators in their re-election campaign we've got to look at people who have the same common goals with us and i think the beauty of what we've done is no one is making political suggestions or endorsements or decisions without talking to each other first and so it's the aaa as you mentioned it's the uh, it's the uh, international association of firefighters it's the international association of fire chiefs it's it's various groups that all have vested interest in providing ems again So one of my favorite sayings is I I think you can look and find great examples of all types of delivery models of EMS as well as poor examples of all. I don't think EMS is the delivery model you choose. I think uh, it's the effort you choose to put in your delivery model. And knowing that we all come from different backgrounds, uh, look at our board as an example of that, we all come from very different backgrounds. But because of that, we make sure that we have these partnerships. And I can tell you, that when we walk in with our members, and the AAA walks in with their members, and the IAFF walks in with their members, and the Ida Era—I'm sorry—the International Association of Fire Chiefs walks in with their members, and we're all singing off the same sheet of music. That's powerful to our lawmakers, and that makes a big difference. And I would tell you that's really taken place over the last three, four, five years. Whereas before, we were doing—you know—we were all guilty of working in our silos, and it's not necessarily that we were opposing each other we just weren't collaborating well enough and now i think we're doing a much better job of collaborating to the point that our boards are doing it as well as our lobbyists are doing it i know our lobbyists are talking more frequently than we're talking to the other boards just because they're in it every day they're seeing each other on the hill they're working together they know the players there's you know there's going to be a time <clears throat> you mentioned the aaa that they're going to have they're going to have legislation that they're ready to push forward and we need to support. And there's going to be times it's it's vice versa. And keeping those relationships and, and boldening those relationships and just continuing to build them is going to be so positive for our
0: profession. Excellent. So far, we've had some really important discussion and some points made. Obviously, the power of our people on the hill, the power of the partnerships. Actually, I'm alliterating the letter P here, right? Everything's about uh, politics, people and partnerships. Uh, but let's come back to PAC. Of course, all of those other associations have their own PAC. And ANT PAC um, is a way to target campaign support for politicians that care about our issues. And so how can we actually channel the, obviously, the funds that we raise into their campaigns in order to help them along?
2: Um, so the, the partnership term that you brought up really uh, works in this area. So let me sort of explain how politicians raise money. Um, They essentially invite thousands of people to give funds to support their campaign. So I might give $25 to a candidate and my neighbor might give $50 to a candidate and a local person running for re-election or election has to raise a lot of money. A campaign for Congress costs in the millions of dollars. You have to find a lot of people to give you small amounts of money to raise a million dollars. So what our PAC does is it aggregates the donations of everybody. So when our PAC makes a donation to a candidate, say $1,000 or $2,000, the candidate's able to raise a lot of money in one check. And the candidate knows that the funds come from the collective support of the many EMS professionals, the thousands of us in the NAEMT membership. And that is, we, we will tell a candidate, that's because you're using your time, your effort and energy to champion emergency medical services in Congress. So, it brings us together in, in, in a partnership. So for example, um, we'll support members of Congress who have introduced in for legislation that increases Medicare ambulance payments like the so-called Medicare extenders bill we achieved last year uh, that continued a bunch of Medicare payment add-ons. Um, those extensions were only for a couple of years. So our lobbyists are already working on extending them again in the future. And that's real money that goes right into the revenue that supports the operation of EMS agencies statewide. Uh, Another example is our treat in place and transportation to alternate destinations legislation. This is being introduced by members of Congress to permanently authorize Medicare payments to ambulance services for treating patients in place or taking them to urgent care centers other than the hospital emergency room. There's widespread consensus that this is where we need to go to advance our profession and provide better care for the public. And we have members of Congress on key committees who agree with us and are pushing forward this legislation so we can support them being elected and reelected. And them seeing that that supports coming from thousands of NAEMT members, um, which is a way of validating the work that they're doing on behalf of us.
0: And actually, you just touched on something else that's uh, that there's buzz around the EMS world right now about uh, you know reimbursement and the what paramedics what survey that that, that uh, EMS One just did, for example, talked about the fact that people are. You know, when are the management going to stop you know going on about reimbursement, reimbursement, reimbursement? But uh, The point that I made is it's a bucket, right? And if we don't fill the bucket in, we can't empty the bucket out, which comes into pay, staff, salary, etc. And so the two things that you mentioned there, you mentioned extenders, which is the extension of the Medicare, Medicaid um, payments, and also tip. And not only is it the ability to take somewhere to a different place, it's the ability to be paid to take somewhere to a different place and so you know it does revolve around money and and i think we just need to do a little bit more education actually to to the folk to to realize that uh, it's actually vital to our longevity and our existence to get the government to actually invest invest in the services it's not it's not just paying a private ambulance company money to keep them in rolls royces is actually keeping us in business
1: Hey Rob, I'm just curious as to where I pick up my Rolls Royce. <laughs> I
0: know it's the big, it's it's the biggest right. myth ever. You know they thought, oh yes, you you're from a private ambulance company, and, and I am from a private ambulance company. I have to just declare that as I as I make this comment. And no, we don't go behind Rolls Royces. Um, it's actually everything we're doing, particularly here in California, in campaigning, is actually to pass it directly through to pay rise, um, right. and you're, that's the important bit.
2: You're you're absolutely correct. Uh, What most people don't know is that the government payers, Medicare and Medicaid, pay us far less than it costs to deliver a service. And so in a way, EMS providers' hard work, whether they be career employees or whether they be volunteers, they're subsidizing and the organizations they work for are basically subsidizing the state and federal governments that want to pay us less than it costs to deliver the service and in that case you can't make up with volume and what you lose on every time you you deliver the service so uh it's really important for us to be advocates at both the state and federal level for medicare and medicaid to pay its fair share of the costs and we all know that our profession is challenged with recruitment and retention and that we're trying to improve the ability to um pay living wages and um uh, actually living wages isn't enough to pay good wages to the people that work for us. And, uh, so, you know, it's not a, you know, as you said, it's not about, um, any companies becoming wealthy. It's about us being able to make EMS a career of choice so that people that come into EMS want to stay in EMS and deliver services to communities.
0: Excellent. So I think we're doing a pretty good job at building up the backstory here. So we we understand a, about the pack. We understand that we're raising money. Um, we understand that it's going in piecemeal parts to make a bigger sum in order to help those elected officials or help even elect those officials that we want to put in the seat. So once we've done that, do they owe us, or can they just continue? You know, carry on. How, how are they? dispersing the money
2: so we're basically um, helping people to get elected to office and they use that money to you know whether they use it to fund their um, fund TV commercials or to fund their travel to places where they campaign or to uh send out mailers to people so it just costs a lot of money to put together a campaign and we're providing that money for them the money has to come from individuals uh, federal election law does not allow corporations to contribute to a uh to campaign. so um, when you join the pack it's a voluntary contribution it's a hundred percent contribution a hundred percent voluntary Um, We always say to people that contributions of any amount are welcome. We get plenty of contributions in the $20 to $50 range, but we also have a group of contributors that might give $500 to $1,000 a year, and there's strength in numbers, and everyone's contribution becomes a whole. So um, when we get to New Orleans for the NAEMT annual meeting that's being held at EMS World, uh, we're going to have a fundraising table at the NAEMT annual meeting and members can join us and uh, make a contribution and uh, they have to be u.s citizens um, is the rule and they have to be naemt members and so we'll raise you know um, uh, whatever number of contributions at the in new orleans and then we we had a pack event at the um, EMS uh, on the hill day that did was part of our annual fundraising strategy and we'll raise a, an amount of money each year and that's the money that then we can disperse out to members of Congress and congressional candidates uh, you know one thousand dollars here two thousand dollars there and um, so people have the opportunity to join the pack when they're with us in New Orleans and uh, uh, we'll talk about that at the NAMT annual meeting. Great
0: let's just pause for a second for this message.
3: Hey, I'm Makara Trustee. I am not only an NAEMT member, I'm also a member of the Lighthouse Leadership Committee. NAEMT, with support from FirstNet, built with AT&T, has developed a course to assist EMS agencies in building and supporting the mental health resilience of their personnel. The Mental Health Resilience Officer, or MHRO, course prepares EMS personnel to serve as their agency's mental health resilience officer. In this role, the MHRO will engage with peers to develop an understanding of mental health issues and resilience, identify peers who are experiencing mental health stressors and crises, navigate peers in need to the right services for help, and support the development of a culture of mental health resilience and emotional wellness within the agency. Available online and in a classroom format, and when your agency signs up for NAEMT membership, they will receive free access to this critically important course. For more details, contact membership at naemt.org or follow the links in the show notes.
0: And we're back. Uh, here's a question for you both I've been dying to ask since we started this. Uh, so we're talking about raising funds. How much money is actually in the NAEMT piggy bank right now for a pack?
1: We have just about fifty five thousand dollars, just a little over fifty five thousand dollars in the bank right now, um, and we and that's uh, all told. We've gotten more donations than that, but we have donated some to some campaigns, uh, particularly last year when it was an election year. Uh, we made some contributions, and I think at some point we need to hit to uh, at when it's appropriate to talk about how we choose to donate to people and who we choose to donate to, but. I want to stress again, Rob, I think it's really important to discuss the fact that any amount of donation is, is welcome and needed. Is, uh, I think too often when, when people talk about the pack, they hear things like, you know, you think it's, it, it costs a lot of money to, to participate. Or, and I would tell you, I think every $5 or $10 or $20 donation is just as important as our $100 and $200 and $1,000 donations. We're going to get a lot more twenty dollar donations than we are five hundred dollar donations or thousand dollar donations, and so you know, convincing people that any amount is uh, is very welcome, and and we're very open to that as a key piece of growing the pack. And w- uh, as as we talked about, you know, with fifty five thousand dollars, we started with nothing, and that's pretty incredible for uh, the fact that we weren't together for two years because of COVID. And uh, and we only started the year before COVID. So we're pretty we're pretty excited about where we are. But it and. But I think Steve made a great point earlier, and that is, unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., you have to pay to play. And so getting getting continuous uh, funds in allows us to be engaged in the conversations during election season and and then making sure that we have money to do
2: it again. And the PAC is having a great year this year. Uh, we are poised to have a record number of contributors. So uh, it's not about just how much money we raise each year, but it's also about how many NAEMT members participate. So uh, we, we we think that uh, when we leave New Orleans, we'll have a record number of PAC contributors. Um, and, you know, we're also emphasizing to the NAEMT members they can give uh, to the PAC on our website if they're not going to be in New Orleans. Um, on the advocacy section of the website, there is a... Uh, NAEMT PAC uh, page that hangs off the website. Uh, so people can contribute by uh, credit card or by mailing in a check. And so uh, we know that there are thousands of NAEMT members. And so the, the potential for growing the pack is there. Uh, you know, as Chris said, we started out with zero and then we had a, a few hundred and then a few thousand. And uh, uh, we are uh, going to grow with our profession and with our membership.
0: So I'm sure the sky is the limit, but I mean, is there a realistic amount? Is there a target for this year? I mean, what are you looking to achieve this year in order then to obviously help help propel us into next year? So we've we've collected the pack money, and then obviously we have to disperse it. But is there a target?
2: We don't really have a target number. Uh, We want to give our advocacy team the flexibility to identify the members of Congress that and the candidates that we need to. So I can just give you an example of the last. uh, meeting we had of the PAC, uh, our, our advocacy team came forward and said, uh, we have a budget of six or seven members of Congress from both political parties, from you know, both the Senate and from the House that we think we should be giving contributions to between now and the end of the year. And you know, six or seven members of Congress and giving them each a thousand dollars or something like that, you know, that, that eats a good chunk, you know, that can eat five, between five and $10,000 of the $50,000 pack fund. So we've got to raise the 10,000 to replace that. And then we're going to go into 2024. It's going to be an election year. Everybody is going to be thinking about um, campaigning. So if we can keep raising that, you know, someday we need do that $50,000 pack fund to be a $100,000 pack fund. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions on how long it takes to get there. But there are political action committees of all sizes, and we would like our profession to be represented up with uh, the the other more active healthcare and public safety interests in the work that we do.
0: So you mentioned an election year coming up, and uh, you know, do we have to pick a color? Do we have to choose a side? How are you dispersing the the
1: Actually, we have a great policy, and it really is, it's nonpartisan. It's not about Democrats or Republicans. It's about the fact that you have to have demonstrated support for EMS. Not that you like EMS, not that you can spell EMS, not that you high-fived an EMS provider one time. You have to have demonstrated support for EMS, whether that's sponsoring a bill or joining the EMS caucus or um, having co-sponsored legislation or something meaningful to the EMS profession along the way. And that's how we, that's how we judge it. And, and we stay very, we try to, we realize that we have members in both parties. We have, we realize we have members, I mean, from different states and different, you know, different levels of red and blue and purple. And we try to be very, uh, we try to be as apolitical in a political process as possible, and, and the reason I say that is there are people on both sides of the House and the Senate that have done some pretty incredible things for EMS and trying to find those people and recognize those people with the donation because we need more people that are positive and supporting EMS who are our elected officials.
0: So here I go again with all the Ps. So it's not about the politicians, it's about our people and making sure that those politicians look after our people. But another P, President, we're not investing there, are we?
1: We did not. We have not supported uh, a presidential candidate ever. Uh, We've really stuck to Congress. We've stuck to the House and the Senate because we realize that the legislation that's going to support um, our EMS profession is going to – come out of the, you know, the, the legislation is going to come out of the House and the Senate and keeping our, you know, and quite honestly, I've I, not personally donated to a presidential campaign, but you talk about paying to play, that's a, that's even considerably more money. And, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to scratch the surface of a presidential campaign, but we are scratching the surface uh, in the House and Senate races. And and again, I think those people are remembering. And what that also does is, and this is a key piece, is when we've made a donation, they remember NAMT. And then when they see EMS come across their desk in a piece of legislation, or they see an EMS issue, they reach out to our lobbyist and connect with our board members and, or the AAA or whoever, whoever you've donated to. And we become their go-to uh, resource for EMS issues. And that's key. I mean, so, so we are essentially paying to play. I get it, but but having those relationships with those uh, those congressmen and senators and uh, is just key.
2: And, you know, something else that's really cool is we use our advocacy in the Political Action Committee to bring people together. So you won't find a bill sponsored by NAMT that doesn't have a, a lead and co-sponsor from each political party. So we find an issue that's important and we go out and we seek lawmakers and candidates to sponsor that. Then we bring them together. So we may bring a Democrat and a Republican together on a bill who've never worked together, who don't even really know each other, but they both want to accomplish something for their communities and for the nation. And they remember NAEMT brought them together. So it's not uncommon for Chris and I to find ourselves sitting with people who when it comes to politics may feel very differently about things and may, um, they may give speeches and, you know, put out press releases attacking the other party. And, you know, that's, that's the, the, the politics of it, but on policy, they want to do something to make EMS better, to make healthcare better, to make the public safer. And they get together and they march in together. And that brings politicians from both parties together. And that's how we build the consensus that passes legislation. Mm
0: -hmm. But, of course, one of the things about uh, getting politicians to be friendly and uh, sympathetic towards our cause in order to make sure that we're always on their mind when it comes to getting a bill through, winning the vote, of course, that vote's essential. Have we ever won? Oh,
2: yes. Um, we've we've had some great success. Um uh, as I, I mentioned earlier, we did get the uh, Medicare extenders passed. Uh, we've gotten readiness funding from Congress as part of the American Rescue Plan. Um, we, the SIREN uh, Act. The SIREN Act, which includes co- funding for rural EMS agencies. But something we've done that is uh, also, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an accomplishment. In, in inverse, I guess I'd say, is we've blocked tens of millions of dollars of harmful Medicare cuts to EMS in the last couple of years. And uh, you, know, you know that there's a lot of talk about how do we balance the federal budget. and We all know that it, it's not balanced. And uh, when members of Congress look around to figure out how to balance the budget, sometimes they look at across the board cuts. Uh, we have been very effective at explaining to them that we're, that EMS is different, that it would hurt communities, it would hurt um, public safety if they were to make cuts to EMS. So we've blocked tens of millions of dollars in harmful Medicare cuts to EMS agencies. And I think that, that that's a win because, you know, as I said, if you're not at the table and no one's speaking up for you, everyone's going to point to you. Cut those guys. They're not busy trying to protect the interests of the public.
0: So, NAEMT opinion. Uh, we've, we've talked about talking to our politicians. Obviously, there are there are rules and there are positions that uh, we need to take. And so, how can our members work out what our position is on any particular part of our you know our political agenda right now?
2: So, issues of importance and our positions are always listed on the advocacy section of the NAEMT website. Um, Anybody, we have advocacy coordinators in most states, which are NAEMT members that uh, serve on a committee that Chris leads, and uh, I participate in. I'm the New York advocacy coordinator, and their goal is to reach out to other NAEMT members and help them be in, active in an advocacy. And there is a list of advocacy coordinators on the advocacy section of the website. So uh, you can explore the positions of NAEMT and learn who to talk to all off of the advocacy section of the NAMT website.
1: Well, just, just as an example, those uh, NAMT state advocacy coordinators are working within their state. So when we have a legislative issue or a bill we need support, they are, they are going through their state communication patterns and making sure that we're getting the letters sent to Congress. We had one bill recently that uh, was well over a thousand letters sent to Congress. Uh, in the first week. And so just successes like that make all the difference in the world. When all of them start getting letters that look, look alike and look the same, and they're all about the same issues, they start paying attention.
2: Yeah. We have a friendly competition among the advocacy coordinators about who can get the most letters from their states. So uh, when you go to the online legislative network and you click on it, and you can click and see how many letters have been sent, um, we're always trying to be the state that got the most letters sent on the issue.
0: Excellent. As we come to the end of this particular uh, edition of NEMT Radio, I'm going to ask my standard Rob ending question. Is there anything I've forgotten to ask or anything you need to tell me? What haven't we covered so far?
1: Uh, I would say just continue to realize how important advocacy is in EMS. Uh, Get involved, whether that's at the local level. Your local politician should know who you are and know how important the service you provide is your state politicians should know who you are and how important the service you provide is and our our federal uh, legislators need to know who you are and what and how important ems is and and obviously selfishly one of the ways you can do that is is what we've spent the last half an hour talking about but being involved and engaged if you have questions Uh, Please come and find Steve or I next week uh, in New Orleans at the uh, EMS Expo. We'll be hanging in and around the NAMT booth. But there are going to be opportunities if you're at the NAMT meeting. Come and talk to us, and we'll we'll guide you through the process. And we love talking about this stuff, so don't be shy.
2: And thank you so much for, for your time, Rob. And Chris, it's always a pleasure working with you. I look forward to being with you in New Orleans. Absolutely.
0: As you've heard, next week we are at the NAMT uh, Gen- Annual General Meeting, which is taking place at uh, EMS uh, Expo, EMS World Expo in New Orleans, which is from the 19th to the 22nd of September. And as you heard Chris say, you can uh, catch up with uh, everybody at the NAMT booth, which I'm assuming Chris is in the exhibit somewhere. And also yes, the, there's a number of uh, NAMT events. Of course, members are welcome to the uh, annual general meeting. There are a number of subcommittees and a number of receptions uh, going on, and I'm sure that uh, you will be well aware of those. So we look forward to seeing you all next week uh, at uh, EMS World Expo in New Orleans. So that was another of NAMT Radio. Uh, Again, thanks to to Chris and to Steve. Uh, As I say, I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Um, but everything we've talked about, the links are in the show notes. Uh, you can also read the bios of both uh, Stephen and uh, Chris in the show notes. Um, so that's it for this week, for this session. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we'll be talking about cybersecurity, and that's another vital task for anyone that's uh, dealing with uh, any type of computing. So that's coming up next. So for this edition of uh, NAMT Radio, I've been your host, Rob Lawrence. And until next time. Bye for now.